What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David Isaac. This is the Sports Echoes Grizzlies podcast. I had to slow it down today. I wanted to say hoot ball. It, it, it was hoot ball from the time I started until just recently. I'm going to slip up every now and then. The Grizzlies fall short in Minnesota, 119 to 114. There are a few things that we're going to get to in this game, but but I want to lead off with this. Dylan Brooks and the the um the, the way that he affects this team does not get talked about enough. If he plays in this game, it's completely different. Where that there was a, a possession in the late in the fourth quarter where Desmond Bain was guarding D'Angelo Russell. Patrick Beverly was getting, he was guarded by Ja Moran. And it was just a very nonchalant Beverly walked up toward like he was going to set a screen. And it was a very easy transition to switch Ja Moran on to D'Angelo Russell. The T-Wolves wanted that matchup because Bain is a better defender. If that had been Dylan Brooks on D'Angelo Russell right there, they're going to have to set that screen, and Dylan's fighting through it. That play doesn't go. What ends up happening with that, when they get that switch, then Carl Anthony Towns comes up, he gets the ball, you get another switch right there, and D'Lo ends up hitting a three in the corner because Jaron was overhelping. Yeah. That so a lot of that tonight. Not, it, it does not happen if Dylan Brooks is on the floor. Dylan Brooks would not have switched that. He would have went up like, you're going to have to set that screen it would not have been as nonchalant. And I don't want this to like, I'm not bashing, but there were mistakes made in this game. And you could tell by Taylor Jenkins and what he said, he's like mental breakdowns, too many open shots. Yeah. I, I would bet every dollar that I've ever made and every dollar that I'm going to make for the rest of my life, that they will talk about that specific play when they're looking at film. Because there were so many things that went wrong in that play. And that, like, if he doesn't make that three, like, Jaron overhelps, he gets a wide open three in the corner. If you just let Towns go to the basket and make that two, it's different. It's a different ball still. Game. So yeah. it, it's, it's little things. And we talked about this on the last episode. We talked about these first three games and how these first two for the Grizzlies are going to be very, very tough. And they're going to have to come out and be ready. They came out, they were ready. They were not able to close this game out. And I, I think, you know, go back, you watch the game, you look at film, you're going to be able to tell that defensive breakdown is exactly what happened. And that's the reason the Grizzlies lost this game. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely – that play definitely sticks out like a sore thumb. There were other ones throughout the game. I mean, they just couldn't get the stops when they needed. 23 points for D'Angelo Russell in a full quarter. I mean, he's a good player. Uh, no, no doubt about that. He averages 19, seven and four. I mean, he's a good player, but he's not that. Um, and as, as you said, we talk about these games, these teams that are a bad matchup for the Grizzlies, the Mavericks. A lot of people say, now I, I really don't believe in that one at all. A lot of people keep bringing up the Mavericks. I, especially now if they move for Zingas, I don't think that Luca's going to get his against anybody, but I, I think especially when you bring Dylan Brooks back, that matchup doesn't worry me at all. Minnesota would actually worry me even more than, than Dallas would, but yeah, if, if Dylan Brooks is in this game, I think it makes a tremendous difference, and they're probably not even in that spot where it, it comes down to that. But this, this Minnesota team, I mean, they, they talked to some of their guys afterwards, and Anthony Edwards, I saw his comments. They're actually, and they asked John Moran about this as well. He's actually calling this a rivalry. He says for sure that he feels like 
just a robbery. Uh, John Morant said he doesn't know about robbery, but he, I mean, he, he this is one of the teams that he enjoys playing against the most because they present a challenge. Of course, they're big. They have a lot of size, and, and they beat you up. And the refs, for the most part, let them do it. I mean, this we've seen this time and time again against this team this year. These have been some battles. Every time the Grizzlies play this team, you come out beat up. I remember Patrick Beverly kind of rolled up on Jaws' back um, in the last game, and he's kind of banged up in that game for a couple games after that. You can see, still see that he was kind of laboring a little bit with with, with that situation for stemming from that. Um, and this is a potential first-round matchup for this team. But you saw Patrick Beverly with some comments after the game talking about the Grizzlies not dancing around now and all, all this, even though back in August, uh, I, I retweeted his tweet back in August when he's talking about grit and grind, baby, and all this this stuff. Now he wants to go in the locker room talk, talk spicy. I, I, I got a feeling they match up in the first round, man. We got Dylan Brooks back in this thing. I think it's going to be a different story. But uh, don't take anything away from the Timberwolves. I mean, they the Grizzlies came out and, and, and threw a punch early, and they were able to get back in the game and able to pull it out, man. Just made shots. Again, too much D'Angelo Russell down the stretch. But, again, I'm not – I don't fear this team. I know a lot of Grizzlies fans are – Getting chicken little about it. I'm scared of this matchup, and I know it's tough, and it, it might be a matchup that kind of beats you up a little bit. D- but yeah, Dylan I mean, Brooks, two, two. Dylan Brooks didn't play a single game in this series this year, and, and they split the series. And he plays, he had, plays his best basketball against the Timberwolves. If you go yeah. back in history and watch that dude, that's his, that, that's the team that he plays against where he usually goes off. So man, I'm I'm not worried about this team at all, man. They're trying to talk after the game. And I saw some they were jawing during the game, and that's fine. I mean, the Grizzlies do their share of that too. But again, man, if they do match up with this team, I'm not scared of it at all. I saw a lot of a lot of Grizz Nation on Twitter kind of kind of scared of this matchup, man. And I'm I'm not really scared of anybody, to be honest. I, I think with with Dylan Brooks, this team fully healthy in a seven game series, I, I feel good about this team. They might not win win a championship or, or win every series, but I feel good that any series they go in, they got a chance to win it. Yeah, th- th- there's no doubt in my mind that the Grizzlies could beat this team in, in a seven game series. And, you know, you, you can sit back and call me a homer and, and talk about this game and the way that they match up. Man, I, no. I, I have to agree <laughs> with you. Like, this team, I, I would say, and, and it's not fear, I respect this team yeah. more than I respect the Mavericks yeah. because this team has a number of different guys. Different guys, yeah. You know, D'Angelo Russell, we saw what he could do against the Grizzlies tonight. Anthony Edwards had a terrible night. He was he's struggling, but you know, what he, you know what he can do, though. Yeah, like, you know, he, when, he, when he's he, right. he can go out and drop a 40 bomb on you any given time carl anthony towns he showed in the three-point contest he's a big guy that can stretch the floor that could cause problems for the grizzlies so they they've got three weapons that at any given time could take over the game and the mavericks have one your your strategy against the mavericks should be hey let lucas score 50 and shut everybody else shut everybody else down because they who who else do they have on that team jalen brunson Brunson, i I would say is the only other guy on that team that, that is, you know, capable of going out and on a consistent basis getting his shot. Spencer Dinwiddie's a guy they traded for, and you can yeah, make Powell, I mean, he's but, not – but those guys are not going to take over yeah, a game or anything. Yeah, they're not, they're not the threat. They're, behind Luka Doncic and, and ranking of a guys that can go out, they, they're going to be a tough stop for you. Comparing the Timberwolves and the Mavericks, the next three guys would be Timberwolves. You, you would have Towns, Russell, and Edwards above anybody else yeah. on, on that Mavericks roster. And it, it's just, I, I, I'm not scared of anybody. I can't believe that we have 
fans that are scared of this team when, when they split the season series. And if you watch this game and you know how Dylan Brooks plays, there's no way that you can sit there with a straight face and tell me that he would not change the outcome of this game. It 100% would be a different game if Dylan Brooks was in there. Zaire Williams had a hell of a game. Desmond Bain, you know, we've talked about him being a, a, a good defender, a serviceable NBA defender. None of these guys are on the level that Dylan Brooks is. And if you put him in there and you put him guarding D'Angelo Russell, which would more than likely be his assignment, it's I there's no way I, I don't believe for a second that D'Angelo Russell puts up 23 in the fourth with Dylan Brooks guard. No, there, 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 there's no way. And when you look at this game, I mean, the Timberwolves played out of their mind tonight, and it was still the Grizzlies were right there. I mean, they had all kinds of stuff going on. You had John going out of his game. He's limping in the fourth quarter. He's clearly not 100%, even though somehow, man, like Superman, he's still out there making plays and making these explosive moves to the basket, but he clearly wasn't 100%. It still took everything they had to, to kind of eat this one out. I mean, you had the, the performance that D'Angelo Russell had. You usually think if some, a guy goes nuclear like that, that you're going to win a game pretty easily, and they still had to just sweat this one out. This one still went right down to the buzzer. And, again, you throw Dylan Brooks in there, man. This Defensively, this is a different game. I mean, there, there's no question about it. So, I think Grizzly fans that are kind of scared of this matchup, man, pump, pump the brakes a little bit, man. Believe in these guys little bit and just kind of use some logic when you think about the difference that he would have made. There's no way he has no Russell. It took a 23-point quarter for them to kind of pull this one out tonight, man. And that's that right there, that's not something that you're going to see anyway on a normal basis, even without Dylan Brooks playing. I mean, that's the guy just having a, having a crazy night. You put Dylan in there, there's no way that happens. And I believe the Grizzlies win this game going away if Dylan Brooks is playing tonight. I was questioning why Taylor Jenkins had – Conchar in there over Zaire down the stretch but even without asking him the question I got the answer to my question and he talked about the missed defensive assignments you see what yeah. Zaire was doing in this game yeah, 21 points that's a career high for him right yes no maybe I'm pretty I think, sure yeah. it is I'm pretty sure it is so, yeah you know, I think it might have been like 18 19 before that yeah, I, I'm looking at during the game. I'm like, why? Why is Zaire in there? Or why is Conchar in there over Zaire? And even why is Kyle Anderson not in there? That that's yeah. one like I, I would that, rather I, see Kyle Anderson. Yeah, that, that was interesting to me that they kind of didn't go back to him at all uh, late in this game. That was surprising, and and we're gonna talk about something about a little bit about that in, in a little while because it that that's interesting going forward. But go go ahead. We, yeah, we we can roll into that right now. It, it just kind of works, but you know. Zaire missed some assignments and uh, DeMichael the asked him through. about it. You know, he, the he asked, yeah. So DeMichael asked him about it and Zaire's like, listen, man, there's nothing coach is going to say to me that's going to hurt my feelings. Constructive criticism is how you get better. And he, he owned up to it. He owned up to making some mistakes. He's like, I got to keep my hand out of that cookie jar or I'm yeah. going to get exposed. So he knows what he done. And, and I think that he's going to grow from there. But I, I, this is a perfect transition into something that I told you I wanted to talk about, and that's the poll that you put out, is when the Grizzlies get to the playoffs, who do you think or who should get more minutes between Zaire and Kyle Anderson? And so I, I'll let you lead off, and then I'll give you my thoughts on it. Yeah, I put that poll out earlier, and, and I was kind of interested to see the results. And honestly, even though – and I'm not even sure what it's at now. I haven't, I haven't looked at it in a while, but it was – overwhelmingly Zaire Williams. And even though 
that's where I'm at. I agree with it. I was actually kind of surprised. I thought I, I kind of know how how Grizz Nation overall thinks, and I thought it would be be Kyle Anderson just because he's that veteran presence. He's been a guy. He's been there before. He's been on his team. He's kind of been through those battles. But if you just look at their play, and I know Zaire is a rookie, but especially here in, in the middle of the season up until now, Kyle Anderson just hasn't been the same player. Like I don't know if it's injury or, or what's going on with him, but he just hasn't been as effective on, on either end, in, in my opinion. And then he, ha- he, he has been, and we saw especially definitely not last year and even earlier to the end of the season. And you just see the progression that Zaire Williams has made, especially on the defensive end. I, I, I like what I see out of him. And now when you look at it, he's putting up 21 points. He's giving you more offensively than, than what you get with Kyle. And the defense has really come around. I think, when you look at overall what he brings on both sides of the basketball, I think right now he's the better player, and I think he honestly deserves those minutes. I know he's a rookie. I know he hasn't been in the playoffs, and, and we'll see if the moment's too big for him, and I don't think it will be. But, again, man, with his strides on the defensive end, and, and you see what he's doing offensively. I mean, he's knocking down threes with consistency now. I, I think he's the better player right now because just because of what he brings on both ends. So I, I've got to be honest, man. I am going to say something that, that some people are probably not going to like right here, but it, it's Zaire by a long shot. There, there's no, no question. This, this uh, front office, this franchise, this coaching staff, it has always been about the future for this team. If you ask me beginning of the season, who would give you a better chance to win closing out the game? A completely different. Zaire Williams. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's it's Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Beginning of the season, right now, I'm not convinced that that's the case. And and we know what what Kyle is capable of. We saw what he done last year. We know what, ty- what type of player he is. But I honestly believe, with everything in me, that this front office and this coaching staff, they they're not that they want to, not that they willingly want to lose games, but they're not scared of losing games to get Zaire these type of minutes. And that's, you know, Jenkins was trying to win this game. He made the move. He went to Conchar because Zaire was missing some assignments. And so, you know, that there is discipline there, but when it comes down to playoff time, when it comes down to crunch time, I really and truly believe that they are going to be all in on Zaire and they're going to let him play through his mistakes because you need him to do that. You need him to grow, you need him to get that experience. Kyle Anderson's a free agent at the end of the season. The Grizzlies missed out on an opportunity to sell high in the offseason, by the way, on him. But that's the reason. I I don't expect Kyle Anderson to be a Grizzly pass this season. I think that he goes somewhere else in free agency. I would be completely fine if he stays. I, I like what Kyle brings to this team. And I know there's a lot of fans out there that do, but why would you invest the time, the playoff minutes, in a guy like Kyle Anderson when there's a good chance that he's walking in the offseason? Yeah, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Kyle Anderson. There's no doubt about that. Probably a bigger fan than, than most. But it, it does seem to me that that he might be kind of getting phased out because they, are, they know what's coming. They know he's a free agent at the end of the season. Like you said, they missed the opportunity. I think they could have sold high on him this summer. Didn't move him at the deadline. He's still here. But I think the writing's kind of on the wall there. Kind of, if you kind of see in the minutes, and it just seems to, to be kind of slowly going away from Kyle and towards Zaire. And it, honestly, that's a smart move. If Kyle is not in your long-term plans, which I, I agree with you, I got a feeling that 
it's, it's starting to seem like he isn't, play Zaire. And they, they made the commitment very early on with, with Zaire. And we, we talked about that so much on here. Earlier in the season, even when it was clear that he probably didn't deserve to be in a rotation, yeah, they stuck when, with when him. They let him play through mistakes. Big yeah. 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 They, they, they let him play through mistakes. And I kept saying the whole time, I was like, man, eventually this is going to pay off. Like them believing in him the way they have down the stretch when we get later in the season, it's going to pay off. Now, I didn't even think it would probably pay off as the way that it's paying off right now. It's even more than I thought. I didn't think we'd see this much progression this season. I thought he could be this maybe next year after going into a summer league. We saw how they kind of used Desmond Bain in summer league and the growth that he had. I thought we'd see a similar trajectory to Zion Williams. And I think we'll still see that. He'll probably take even a, a bigger step. But if he's, he's going to be the guy that's going to be here going forward, and with him playing as well as he is, if it's even in range of, okay, you could say, well, he's playing close to what Kyle Harrison is. He's even surpassed that. He's the guy that you need to play because he's going to be here. He's the guy that's going to be here going forward with these guys, and you need to develop him. And getting that, that playoff time would be invaluable for him. And with his play right now, I think he even outside of that, he deserves those minutes. Yeah, yeah, he's earned them for sure. You know, you know what next season's about to be, though? Kyle Anderson walks. We're about, it's about to be salty Obama season, baby. We're, we're going yeah, to see the Santi Aldama. I, I really I, – I can't say that I was excited about that dude on, on draft night, but he, he's honestly one of the few prospects that we didn't cover, you know, whenever it comes down to the draft. And so I, I – wasn't happy when they took him. But it was weird. They after, traded up to get him, which is weird. Yeah. Traded up into the first round, which made it a guaranteed contract. Because there was some talk. There were a couple of teams. I think Indiana and maybe Oklahoma City were thinking about taking him in, in, in one of those early second round picks. And the Grizzlies wanted him. I guess that was a guy that they had keyed in on. And they felt like they had to jump into the first round and get him. And they got him. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But he's on that guaranteed contract. So he's probably going to be here. And we're going to get to see him probably a lot more this summer and definitely next season. And we've got to see flashes. There's been a few times when he's been playing, you know, through COVID and injuries and stuff like that, that you you see him grab a rebound and then run the break with it. So yeah. he's got the, the capability to kind of be that, you know, the Kyle Anderson type player. Going to be interesting to see his, his growth heading into next season and what they do with him and Zaire in the summer league. I really, really want to go to Vegas for summer league. I, I just think, man, be be fun to watch these guys. I'm I'm gonna make that happen sooner rather than later. But uh, that, that that's a whole other story. We we haven't talked about Jaron and, and what he was able to do: twenty one points, eleven rebounds, two steals, three blocks. And. I tweeted out during the game talking about him and how he has evolved this year from a guy that he's not getting enough minutes because he's in foul trouble to now he's impacting the game at a defensive player of the year type level. And there were those three blocks that he got tonight. They were all had four. They didn't give him credit for one of those. It should have been four. They were just crazy stupid athletic plays his timing was impeccable to get those blocks and I, I think you you got to give a ton of credit to this coaching staff for what they've been able to do with these guys do you think that we're going to see Jaron get into the defensive player of the year conversation I think that 
he's got to be a no brainer for an all defensive team, right? Like that. I, I don't yeah, you, you would think so. <laughs> that he's not on an all defensive team this year. But for, for some reason, they're they're sleeping on him. Like I I don't get it. You you see a lot of these lists. I mean, to me, he should be defensive player of the year. Like I've and that's not being a homer. That's not being a guy that comes to the Grizzlies or a fan of the team. I mean, if you watch him and you know the numbers, you delve into the analytics of it all. The, the the impact that he has on this team when he's on the floor defensively, he should be defensive player of the year. There's no question in my mind, but for some reason he's not getting that club. But if, if he's not on a defensive, all defensive team, man, that's robbery. Like somebody needs to lose their job. I don't I don't know, but he has to be at least at minimum uh, on one of the all defensive teams. But he's been been fantastic. I mean, you look early into the season and he kind of struggled a little bit. I mean, offensively, he was just kind of standing around three-point line, waiting for shots. But, he, I mean, he's really, really, really evolved. I mean, talk about the offensive end first. I mean, you saw how he came out tonight. It's super aggressive uh, going to the basket. And that, that's something that you didn't see from him early in the season. He was, it just seemed like he was just kind of standing around, around the perimeter waiting for threes. And we kind of begged for him to go inside, take advantage of some of these matchups. And from about, I'd say, 20, 20 to 30 games ago, something just flipped. And he, he just – went to another level offensively, and he was already doing some great stuff on a defensive end, man. He's even taking that to a, another level, man. The plays, I mean, he's out there. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He's out there blocking three-point shots. I think at two in one game. Like, you, who does that? Like, you don't see guys going out on the perimeter blocking three-point jump shots. I mean, that's insane stuff right now, man. And it's, again, good to see him and Ja kind of finally jail and look like it's playing at peak powers together. We hadn't really seen that outside of a little stint in the bubble. And those are going to be your two guys going forward. And to see what he's doing, his impact on both ends. And, and of course, we all know how, how special Jai is. I mean, that cement your two guys. Those are your top two guys. And I think you could build around those guys. They already have major pieces. We talk about Desmond Bain and, and, and possibly Dylan Brooks. And now you have Zaire Williams coming along. I, I mean, this team has a core group of guys going in place. And I, I think – I mean, he could already be there, but I think at some point they're going to add another guy to this. And I, I just think it's we're watching the makings of a championship core right now. I don't think there's any question about it. to see these guys as young as they are. And they haven't even added another piece, which, again, we all kind of believe that they're going to do at some point. And they're third best record in the NBA right now. I mean, that's just crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, I, barring like some, and I'm not on wood some major injuries or something going forward. I, I just feel like we're going to have a, a championship parade on Bill. Like, I really do believe that that's not just Homer talking. I mean, I think there's a scenario where you could see them get to the finals this year. Like, that's not the most – I saw uh, Jay Williams on Get Up uh, kind of made that bold prediction the other day, and I saw people, especially you on Twitter, you knew they were going to come out, these these fans from outside of Memphis, with, ha-ha, yeah, that's real funny. Like, he must have been on drugs. What is he smoking? Blah, blah, but. That's the third best thing. They have the third best record in the West. It's not like he said, I don't know, Portland's going to win a championship. Like, we're talking about the, the team with the third best record in the West. How is that so crazy? Like, if there was any other team in that spot other than the Grizzlies, they wouldn't get that same kind of jeering when somebody said it. Like, it's crazy how the disrespect that they still get, like, nationally, when you see what these guys are doing on a night-in and night-out basis. You see what John Moran's doing. I think a true NBA MVP candidate in my opinion. And I just think like Jaron's progression question when he signed that deal, a lot of people 
question that felt like they, they gave him too much money, but that deal's going to end up being a steal in hindsight. When you look at it now and a couple of years from now, there's going to be no question that they got him on a, on, on a super bargain, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, they done the same thing with Dylan, honestly. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people definitely. talking crap about that, but, you know, that that, that is – I think both of those guys outplay their contracts pretty easily, honestly. Um, you know, we even on this show, we had talked about having concerns of not seeing John ja Jaron play well together. And now we're seeing that on a consistent basis. You know, like Ja had an off night, he still put up 20 points, but you know, seven for 25 from the field is not a good shooting night for him. Over four from three. He, he's been struggling shooting the three lately, and and maybe maybe that hip, you know that, that that injury, maybe that's why the shots were not falling tonight. That's speculation. I don't know that. Nobody told me that. Definitely nothing in the in the presser that indicated that. But it, it's it's really really good to have confidence in these guys and to see, okay, the you know climbing of them, climbing of Tayshawn Prince in this front office, they've got this vision about this team and how they wanted to put it together. And I think, you know, Steven Adams has been fantastic for this team, but we've said all along, he's not a long-term piece yeah. for the Grizzlies. We, we don't believe that that's going to be the case. I, I don't know that they're going to have to go out and get another guy, man. I, you know, if, if Zaire continues to play the way that he is playing, you get Dylan Brooks back. You're you're gonna have kind of a log jam. Zaire's not big enough to play the four. Like he he is size like height wise, but he's not strong enough to play the four. So who do you have coming off of the bench? Is that is your bench guy going to be Dylan Brooks? We talked about the the pitfalls of that. Of you know you want him guarding the best player. If he's coming off of the bench, that's hard to match him up against. Uh, is Desmond Bain gonna be a guy that you see? coming off the bench, running that second unit, still playing a major role. And then you have, you know, those five guys in there closing the game. There's so many moving parts to this, but we're starting to see how these guys are melding together. And we thought, you know, I know that you and I have talked about it at length about Jared and Ja being too close to not be able to play together. You know, this is not a Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons type thing where they hate each other. These guys hang out like they're friends. And so we didn't think that that was going to be an issue. And now we're actually getting to see it on the court. I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm, I'm regardless of how this season ends, you know, barring something absolutely crazy. I, I am super, super happy with where this team sits because they're heading into this next draft with plenty of draft capital. They can move up if there's a guy that they like or, no telling, you know, how, how many moves did climbing in this front office making the offseason? Guys that were on the roster, off the roster, bunch of moving yeah. pieces. And, and, you know, the roster doesn't look entirely different than what it did last year, but there were a lot of moving parts in the offseason. So no telling what's going to happen there. Man, you want to jump into the, uh, the, the team stats here? Yeah. And real quick before I do that, I, I want to, Force that a little bit. We got a, a long time to, to talk about this. We'll definitely talk about this more as time goes on. But you talk about that that log jam on, on the wing, and I think at some point they're going to have to to make a decision on this. And I'm not going to say that it, it was a, a good thing that Dylan Brooks missed a lot of time this year because it's, it's absolutely not. I mean, that's not what you want to see. You don't want to see a guy down like that. 
But I got a feeling that Dylan Brooks might not be long for this roster. I think Zaire's his, his improvements, I think, make them think about that a little bit more. I think Desmond Bain in the strides that he's taken makes them think about that a little bit more. I think I, I still think that they're going to go out and do something. I think we, we talk about them not needing to bring a guy in, but they have all these assets. And and you kind of talk about Zach Lyman kind of said that they have a plan of what they want to do this summer. I, I still think they have big plans of going out and getting a big time wing player. And I, and I know that that might not necessarily be a move that they need to make, but I still think they have designs on doing that. And I think if they make a big trade, I got a feeling Dylan Brooks is going to be in that trade. I, I just, I just kind of get that sense. There was even some speculation that, that, that they had some talks of possibly moving him prior uh, to the season. I can't even remember what I read. I saw something somewhere. I can't remember if it was Zach Lowe. Some, it was somebody, somebody put out something not too long ago that said that they were entertained at moving him maybe during the draft last year. I think that's what I read. It might have been Zach Lowe that said that. I, I just got a, got, a, got a feeling that especially now that they've been able to see what this team is capable of without him, how good they've been, even though he's their best perimeter defender, they definitely missed him. I think seeing Zaire's progression, there's Bain's progression, and what they've been able to do for most of the season without him, I think that will make it make it a lot easier for them to move him if that's what they decide to do. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if Dylan Brooks ends up being moved this summer. I'm not saying that's what I want to happen or that I've heard anything specific. That's just kind of something that I've been thinking here for, for a while. We'll see how it plays out. But I think coming back this season, I think he's going to be a – a big part of what this team does. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the offseason. Uh, but you got any thoughts on that before I jump into the to the team stats? No, I mean, it's – I think that if you look at this roster right now, there's only two guys that are completely untouchable. And then the third that, that I may even add to that would be Desmond Bain. And I don't I don't know that he is completely untouchable. I think it's depending on what you're getting in return. Yeah, I think you'd have to be something that's, big, but you know, it, it's it's tough as as a fan of the team and a fan of players, like I, I know what Dylan brings to this team. A game like tonight shows the weakness when he's not there. Could Zaire have made a difference defensively? Maybe he could have out there, and, and, you know, as opposed to Conchar, maybe Zaire with his length could have made a difference, but he had made mistakes earlier in the game that led to him being off of the floor. And those type of mistakes are not mistakes that you would see Dylan pull off of the floor for. He, he's just not, he's not going to make those type of mistakes because of the type of player that he is. So like as a fan, do I want to see that happen? Absolutely not. No, I, I love Dylan Brooks and, and point of attack defender there's nobody on this roster that can compete with him for that. But you've got an anchor, a defensive anchor in Jaron Jackson that can make up for a lot of stuff. You just have to you have to play the scheme right. So, like, business-wise, if an opportunity arises because the league, you know, the NBA is a business, I, it's not crazy to think that Dylan Brooks would be a name that you would see moved off of this roster. I don't want to see it happen at all, but you know, again, who are you getting? What's that trade look like? What's the name of the player that's coming back? What are you giving up? There are so many things that could be or could not be in that that you know make the difference on how I would really feel about it happening. You know, when it happens or if it happens, but 
Yeah, I, I I don't think he is an untouchable. Again, you're looking at Ja and Jaron, and then, I mean, really, I would cut the list right there because anybody else, depending on what type of player you're getting in return, would be available. Yeah, because and this is coming from, from Zach Kleiman's comments after his post-trade deadline media availability. That, that quote by him just kind of stuck with me that I can't remember exactly what the words were, but he was basically saying that they – had a plan to make a move. It sounded like that 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 he was foreshadowing that they plan to be extremely active this summer. And, and you just kind of put two and two together. You talk about Jaw, you know he's not going anywhere. Jared's not going anywhere. You don't think Bain's going anywhere. And you know that they have they have two draft picks for sure. You hoping the Lakers can win enough games to the top ten to give you three. I just have a feeling that they might not be if they're gonna make a trade, you think that those draft picks are going to be involved. And it could and like you said it could be a trade where they just use those trades to move up. But it sounded like they plan on bringing somebody in. That's just kind of what I got. And if you look at the assets that they have, you're gonna, you don't have the expirings of, of Tyus and Kyle anymore. If you're going to make a move, those draft picks are going to be involved. And you just look at the roster and think where, if they're going to bring in somebody, which we talk about all these players, whether it's just uh, Jalen Brown or Donovan Mitchell, if they're going Bradley Beal, even they're going to go out a player like that. What would make sense off the roster to move in a deal like that and you look at those picks, you look at Dylan Brooks, you look at maybe a guy like De'Anthony Melton. That's just kind of what I see if they go out and make a trade now. It could just they could just make some moves in the draft and, and, and do that and see because again, I mean they're in a position right now of strength where they don't really need to go out and do anything big, but it just sounds seems like to me that I still feel like they have designs on, on going out and, and making a big move outside of the roster, not just in the draft. But we got a lot of time to talk about that. We'll see how that plays out long time off. But to, to jump in the, in the team stats, not a not a good shooting night. We talk about uh, John Morant going uh, seven to twenty was seven to twenty five tonight. Not a good shooting night for the team overall. Thirty eight of ninety eight for for thirty eight point eight percent, and that's usually not going to get it done uh, on, on most nights, man. Just struggle. I mean, I don't know if that's hangover from the All Star break or whatever. They were shooting well to start the game, but things really dropped off there to the second half. And your, your star player, uh, John Morant, taking twenty five shots and only knocking down seven. That definitely doesn't doesn't help matters, but not a good shoot night for the team overall. Minnesota goes 43 of 93 for 46.2 percent. Um, the, the shooting uh, continued over to the three point uh, perimeter for the Grizzlies, nine of 31 for for 29 percent. That's obviously uh, not not a good night. Minnesota 16 of 42 for 38.1 percent. So Minnesota plus 11 in attempts and plus seven in makes for a net positive of 21 points uh, for the three point line. That's really hard to overcome. Uh, that that the state of Grizzlies was still in this game. Uh, when you're losing the three-point line by 21 points, that's pretty balkable. The reason why they were kind of able to do that is from the free throw line. Uh, Grizzlies go 29 to 40 for 72.5%. You definitely still want to see that percentage higher. That's about on, on, about their, their average for the season, but you want to see that get a little bit higher because that's one of the ways outside of offensive rebounds and second-chance points, one of the ways the Grizzlies can make up for using their lack of three-point shooting compared to the other teams is, is by knocking down free throws. Uh, but they go 29 of 40 for 72.5%. Minnesota, 17 of 25 for 68%. And tonight would have been a night they could have done that. Grizz plus 15 in attempts, uh, plus 12 in makes, uh, plus 12 in makes. So the Timberwolves come out with a net positive of nine points when you compare free throw line and, and, and three-point line. So the Grizz lose by five points. So you can kind of kind of put that in there. Man, the three-point line was a, a big problem for the Grizzlies tonight. But rebounds, Grizzlies still out rebounding 59 to 42, 26 to 12 on the offensive board. So Grizzlies still doing big work there, getting second chance opportunities. And Jaron Jackson Jr. 
was big in that second half, uh, giving them second second chance points off the offensive rebound. To love to see that uh, since twenty five to twenty six Minnesota steals nine to six Grizzlies uh, blocks eleven to seven Minnesota turnovers sixteen for the Grizz twelve for Minnesota fast break points fourteen to three. Uh, but the Grizzlies had most of those were in the first half. I think they only had, I want to say, three or four four fast fast break points. I think I want to say in the second half. Uh, Minnesota really, really shut that down. That was a big problem for the Grizzlies in the second half. And I think a lot of that had to do with, with John Morant going out with that injury and him not being 100%. Um, you look to the points in the paint, Grizzlies get beat there, 54 to 52. And that's something that you you really don't see. And, and Minnesota has done a good job of that all year against the Grizzlies, of blitzing uh, John Morant and, and, and kind of shutting them down in the paint. And they were able to do that again tonight. And again, some of that, I think, had to do with John, John Morant with the injury late, but they've done a good job of that. All year. So again, man, it's a tough matchup, but as we talked about it at the beginning of the show, I think having Dylan Brooks out there makes this a, a completely different game. Yeah, the the thing that really stands out, you know, you talk about the percentages and the off night shooting, but you get twenty six offensive rebounds and you only have twenty seven second chance points. A lot of missed opportunities. There, yeah, oh, for sure. A lot of missed opportunities. And so, you know, th- there are a ton of things that you can look at whenever you're breaking this game down to point at this is a reason that contributed to the Grizzlies losing. And that's, to me, if, if you're pulling down 26 offensive rebounds, that second chance points number needs to be somewhere mid to upper 30s. I, I think, you know, 40 would be pretty good on that many. But it, it's – it just doesn't always pan out like that. But, you know, to me, that that's something, to, you know, you get one more point than offensive rebounds. Yeah, it just doesn't – it doesn't feel right. Yeah, you look at these numbers and you – if somebody just told me to, to look at these numbers, like if I didn't see the shoot numbers and they just outlined, just showed me the rebounding numbers, I would have said the Grizz won this game. I mean, you offered the rebound by 14, 14 more out around plus 14 in offensive rebounds. You think you win that game. It's The Grizzlies – just shot the basketball so poorly tonight. That's the difference. And then the, the difference in three-pointers. It was just a big, big number. Three-pointers, great equalizer. And like I said, DeAndre Russell hit that big shot late. It was just a kind of a microcosm of, of what happened in this game, man. And Grizz lose two in a row, man. That's a rarity. It feels like this season outside of that, that early portion. They don't lose two in a row much. So hopefully, again, hopefully Jabba Rank can, can get the rest, man, get that thing right. Because they are definitely going to need him on, on Saturday in Chicago, man. That's another game where you could really – Use Dylan Brooks, man. You, the guys they have in the rim with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, man. You could really use Dylan Brooks in that game. But, again, man, they won games without him all year long, man, pretty pretty much. So, hopefully they can find a way to get a win, man. You don't want to start this off 0-2 and be on a, a three-game losing streak, man. You want to get one of these before you go back home, take on San Antonio on Monday. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, again, final score, 119-114. The Grizzlies still, you know, staying firm in third place. They got a pretty good lead over the Jazz. It's a uh, – Three and a half games right now after this loss, is it? Yeah, this yeah. Yeah, I, I was making sure it updated, but yeah, still three and a half games, so still in a good spot. The, the Suns are not a hundred percent. Golden State is not a hundred percent. I haven't looked at the score, but the last time I looked at they yeah, were losing uh, that game. Well, um, they're up. It's one hundred one seventy five. Golden State now, so it looks like they're woo, gonna. Yeah, yeah they dang. they pulled away quickly in that one, man. Eleven twenty eight to go in. A, the fourth quarter, so yeah, not going to get that off tonight. I was hoping. Yeah, <laughs> I checked it right before we jumped on, and, and they were they were losing. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be a game that they uh, they come up short, and that would work out all right for the Grizz. But man, I, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. We will uh, we'll be back. We got the Bulls game, like Isaac said, coming up later on in the week. 
And then the game on Monday against San Antonio at the FedEx Forum. Looking forward to getting back home to the FedEx Forum. I, I'm not, it feels like it's been forever since I've been to a game. They didn't have that many home games this, this uh, month. You know, you got the all-star yeah. break. That I think they had three home games, three games at the Forum this month is all they had. So, uh, you know, it's going to be, be good and get back home. Hopefully they can win this game in Chicago. Definitely got to uh, got to shoot the ball better, got to be better from the free throw line. Just have to execute. The the mental errors that occurred tonight can't happen against that Chicago team. I feel like the Chicago team is a better team than this Minnesota team. So a lot of work to do, a lot of work to do before they get home on Monday night. Uh, you can get the – you got something else before we go, man? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say real real quick, I pulled the, the Warriors schedule up here, and they got some tough games coming up. You're just looking forward. Uh, Sunday, they got uh, the Dallas at home on Sunday night. That's an ESPN game. Um, and then they got – they're at, at Minnesota, at this Minnesota team that the Grizzlies uh, face tonight. Then they're at Dallas. Then they're at the Lakers, at the Nuggets, uh, Clippers at Nuggets, Bucks. So, I mean, they got some tough games coming up. So, the Grizzlies – Grizzlies will have an opportunity here, I think. Uh, without Draymond Green, their Warriors team is susceptible to drop games. Uh, the team, they're, they're, they're going to lose some of those games. So, the Grizzlies are going to have an opportunity here. Just got to take care of business, man. I was hoping they could to come out and, and get this win tonight to get the thing started all. But, yeah, man, you, you're going to take losses, man. It's just how you how you bounce back. Hopefully, Ja is able to, to come back and, and play on Saturday. If not, I mean, we've seen them win games without him. It's going to be tough either way. Uh, but you've seen this game, like I said, win games without Ja. So, just just find a way to get that win in Chicago. It's not going to be easy. Talking about the top teams in the East. So, uh, that, that's going to be one I'm interested to see and, and get that win and get back home and, and get back on the home floor. Yep, same, man. So we'll get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at David W2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals, man. Make sure you go over to at Ethos Grizzlies. Uh, give us a follow, man. We definitely appreciate that. So check out all the content on both of our Twitter feeds, man. We're always on there talking grids and what have you. But we'll be back on Saturday night just to take it on the bulls. So be on here discussing a grizzly victory. So until Saturday night, we go.